What's up, fans? Welcome to the In the Bronx podcast. My name is David Castillo, the founder of In the Bronx. In the Bronx is dedicated to showcase and shine light on the most underrated borough of New York City, as well as share stories of Bronx influencers and inspire future creators. In today's episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with two serial entrepreneurs from the Bronx, Paul Ramirez and his brother, Anthony Ramirez II. Together, they own four businesses, which will include Mainland Media, From the Bronx, The Bronx Beer Hall, and Taste of the Bronx. These guys have been in business well over 15 years. Their mission was to improve the overall image of the Bronx. If you're an entrepreneur coming up in the Bronx and want to learn more about their story, stay tuned and let's get into it. What's up, fellas? How you doing, my brother? Hey, what's up? Doing good, man. Thank you so much for your time right now this recording i'm excited to talk to you guys you're welcome thanks thanks for having us yeah for sure man you guys are doing some really incredible things for the bronx and uh i'd like to hear more about about your story and who you guys are all okay. right let's do it so let's do it we'll do a quick uh, overview and then you know we can get into it um my name is anthony ramirez the second my name is paul ramirez and together we own four uh bronx businesses Mainland Media, From the Bronx, The Bronx Beer Hall, and Taste of the Bronx. So um, all four businesses, we've been in business for now for over 15 years. Damn! Um, yeah, <laughs> Mainland Media started about 15 years ago with uh, just a mission overall to improve the overall image of the Bronx. Um, came to the realization there was no positive images of the borough that existed anywhere. Uh, Anthony and uh, my partner, John Martin, hired a helicopter before Google Earth and before Google Maps, uh, and they presented a different perspective of the borough. Yes, yeah, so so, so, exactly. The first thing we, so we were all working in after school at a nonprofit in the South Bronx, and, you know, working with young people realized that there wasn't a lot of positive um, reinforcement about the Bronx, positive things about their community and their neighborhoods. And when you talk to young people, you know, they would say, um, you ask them what they wanted to do when they grew up. The first thing they'd say is, you know, I can't wait to just grow up and get out of here. So, you know, um, obviously a big part of youth development is having a sense of self and, and having some pride in where you come from. So we we realized that that was really something that was needed, especially for the Bronx. Um, so uh, the first thing we did was create posters um, and postcards uh to show the bronx from a different perspective so like paul said from a helicopter um and to show how it was placed you know how the bronx itself was placed within uh new york and the rest of the united states so we call ourselves mainland media because the bronx is the only one of the five boroughs on the mainland um everything else is an island yeah so you know um (laughs) Global, right. <laughs> yeah. global warming uh we always say that um when the floods come we're gonna have waterfront property yeah, yeah. <laughs> all bx yeah. everybody else is underwater yeah we'll be chilling that is awesome so, man thank you thank you so that was mainland media and then paul will take yeah. you through from the bronx quick and you know. um so mainland media actually from the bronx in its inception was mainland media uh, yeah. So it was a merchandising shop. We realized that the the, the term mainland uh, didn't really resonate with Bronx sites across the board, uh, yeah. and something that like from the Bronx actually rang truer with uh, people who are actually from here. So um, started a platform uh, on 
Facebook and going to Facebook, we got a very large following very quickly and then rebranded the merchandising page to be fromthebronx.com. From there, from the Bronx, uh, started hosting pop-up shops throughout the the borough at large uh, in culturally significant spaces. We were doing street fairs. I mean, you name it. Uh, Biggest thing was like about getting the... um, the name into the streets, the product into the streets in front of the actual people as opposed to just being online. Uh, And from there, we hosted a pop-up shop in the Arthur Avenue retail market in December of 2011. Uh, and we were there for a month. Uh, Arthur Avenue is the number two tourist destination in the borough. So, uh, of course, we had good foot traffic and um, we provided our own audience as well. And uh, the market liked what we did so much that they asked us uh, to stay. And yeah, what would us, we do if we could stay? There? Yeah. And in us staying, they were like, well, what, what would you guys do, you know, permanently? Uh, mm-hmm. And we um, we proposed the Bronx Beer Hall. So that's, awesome. uh, that's yeah, the original so, Little Italy right there. Then in the middle of Little Italy, the the bar sits right in the center of the Arthur Avenue retail market. Um, You know, we've been been there now for seven years. uh, And in being there for seven years, you know, um, we've acquired uh, quite a reputation for ourselves. So we're we're rocking along, you know, we're doing we're doing pretty well. Um, So with the Bronx. So with with the Bronx Beer Hall coming into. Coming into visibility, I guess, right? For people yeah. to actually see and love, uh, we started getting more more press across the board, and we realized we were getting more questions from local Bronx businesses about how how they could replicate, do what we're doing, do something different. Just just advice across the board. Congratulations on the on the on Bronx Beer Hall. Obviously, that area of the Bronx is an awesome place to start up you know, uh, a beer business, you know, there's yeah. uh, Fordham University right around the corner. And uh, yeah. I used to actually party around there. And uh, that's, that's definitely cool. <laughs> so, have you been to the beer hall? No, I haven't yet. Oh, uh, wow. Seven yeah. years, man. Yeah, wait, wait, seven years. What are you doing in your life? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm on the mission now to, to adventure and, and shine light <laughs> on the Bronx even more, you know, <laughs> it's always right. been going to the city and new york um and hand downtown etc but it's funny uh, that that's that's one of the reasons we opened it because uh we were always going to the city too and you know you kind of get tired of that um that long train ride home or you know telling the cab that you're going uptown but you can't say the bronx because they won't take you all the way to the bronx you know <laughs> right yeah for sure. <laughs> so you know we we, ha- we wanted to open something that um was was for not only just for us but for our community and and for people for like-minded individuals yeah that's awesome so you were going to get into explaining something else what was it before yes the last thing was just, uh you know paul was talking a little bit about how uh, what happened after we opened the, the beer hall so you know seven years down the line now we um are i guess we can consider us serial entrepreneurs at this point um and uh Mainland Media, um, we've, we had taken Mainland Media, which was originally from the Bronx, and Mainland Media is now our consulting company. So, you know, we do a lot of media, and we call it Media Influence Company, where we help people, okay. um, you know, brand themselves, develop logos, and, you know, create a, a lot of project planning from online outreach and direct person-to-person outreach, street outreach. 
you know, we, we saw that there was a real need. The, the, the more successful our businesses became, the more people would call and ask for some help or ask for assistance or, or you know, just kind of pick our brains and ask for advice. So we, we partnered with another Bronx business called Sustainable Snacks to um, open Taste of the Bronx, which is a uh, quarterly subscription box. And prior to COVID was a monthly pop-up market that featured small Bronx-based businesses. So anything from candles you know, to can- um, yeah, right. candy to cake to brownies to, to Bronx <laughs> apparel to, uh, I mean, you know, you name it. Right. Name if it. you're a small Bronx business, you know, jewelry, we, we're here to celebrate, celebrate you and help you connect with, um, help you connect with your audience. Because really, you know, running a business isn't easy. And if you're, especially when you first started out, you're doing it by yourself or with one other person and yeah. the, the actual mechanics of running the business take up so much time that sometimes, you know, you forget to reach out to um, how you're going to market yourself and how you're going to reach out to your audience. Right. So, the day to day really assumes you, you know what I mean? And you start, you just start worrying about what's happening while the business is open. And then, you know, yeah. you, you, you sit out and you wake up and you do it again. Yeah, exactly. So, so, um, yeah, that's, we, that's my predicament right now. Basically, I'm, I'm basically running the show for everything right now. But, you know, the, the reality is, I mean, you know, we sound like we know what we're talking about, but there, <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's always um, there's always there's always a new challenge. There's always something different. There's always something to adapt to. And, you know, um, that's that's something that it can't be. Like, I don't think it can be taught. It's something that, you know, you have to kind of like you learn as you go. And it comes from experience how you can adapt to different situations. COVID, for example, you know, and we can talk about that if you want to, but that's changed the way everyone's doing business, you know, especially in businesses like ours that were so community focused and so dependent on large, folks getting together yeah. and yeah. meet being with one another, you know. But before we get into that, let me just end, end yeah. one more thing. Taste of the Bronx um, has been a year, has been in business for a year now, and um, we just signed the lease to open the Taste of the Bronx Cafe uh, in 2021. Yeah, applause, applause. Yeah, put These are the sound effects. Sound effects. Wait, I'll, add the, I'll add that in. <laughs> right, we need some air horns, like all that. <laughs> no, but congratulations, man. That's that's awesome. So, yes, so I'm aware that you went to Columbia University. I'm going to assume that you know, you have a bachelor's degree in economics and that's what helped you sustain and, and conquer these businesses. I did. Is that on the internet somewhere? <laughs> it could be. <laughs> yeah, I guess it is. <laughs> um, um, yeah, you know, you know I will say... I'll, I'll ask the <laughs> questions here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> um, um, so, yeah, so um, I did. I went to Columbia University. I... Um, majored in economics. It's funny, when I started, I was majoring in computer science. And then, you know, somewhere in the middle, I switched over because I didn't really want to sit in front of a computer yeah. for you know hours and hours at a time. And, and that's back when I graduated, but you didn't, not everyone was doing that. But now, no matter what you do, you sit in front of a computer all the time. Yeah, this is where, <laughs> this is where technology has brought us. Um, and while I will say that, you know, obviously, education is important. Um, I think that the, the one thing that has really helped in all these businesses is just experience and, and not being afraid to do new things that you're not sure about, that there's no roadmap for and, and figuring it out as you go along. Right. Yeah. Okay. 
I think that's you know that's that's, that's for sure. That's the nature of the beast. Uh, Paul majored in um, general. Paul, 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 you want to talk about what you majored in and how that helps too? Yeah, I have. I'm a classically trained singer. I have a bachelor's of science in uh, in music, and I have a bachelor's of the arts in uh, um, philosophy with a specialization in ethics and public policy. Do you want to say something for the podcast? Nope. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice, but you realize like that didn't, you know, it's not something that prepared me necessarily to jump into the business world, you know? So is but, that how you guys um, were able to work with a documentary on HBO? Which documentary? Inside Out? Oh, yeah, you like that, oh, right? Yeah, we did that. Well, what do you mean, That is that how? I'm, I'm saying, like, with your experience in, in arts, like, uh, uh, how did that come about? So I actually have a background in the nonprofit world, and uh, <laughs> Anthony does as well. And uh, I worked in Hunts Point for uh, about six years for Wildcat Service Corporation. Uh, I was the deputy director of Wildcat. I left my day job probably about 10 years ago. Um, and in leaving my day job, uh, of course, I kept a lot of good relationships at Hunts Point. You know, we were working with youth and working with youth, we were placing them in internships. So we had a lot of uh, partnerships throughout the peninsula. Um, and uh, the Point CDC actually had um, JR, uh, who's a French artist. Um, he won the TED Prize uh, and he won the TED Prize and decided to do this project called Inside Out. Um, and his first stop was uh, the Bronx, New York. And of course, you know, um, him being uh, French, he understood like the value of coming to the home of hip hop, the home of graffiti, um, what he was doing, of course, uh, in pasting and taking people's photos. While it's a form of graffiti, I definitely think he felt like we would really respect and understand um, the medium and how he was, uh, how the message was being relayed. Right, all of, all of the work that he does is a celebration of community and a celebration of places that um, people don't necessarily, that people have heard of but don't really, really know anything about. So he comes into places and kind of flips um, things on their head, you know, turns them inside out, right? Um, and showcases them and the people living in communities in a way that they haven't been showcased before. So um, the project in Hunts Point really focused on the mothers and the women of Hunts Point. Right. So in, in working at Hunts Point for so long, you know, we had like a, um, my friend Danny Peralta from the Point, who's the ED over there. He had given me a call, said, hey, and, well, really quick. Hold on. Do you know? Have you heard of the Point? No. What's that? Oh, you should actually look that up. So the, the Point CDC is uh, how old are they now? 30? No. I don't know how old they are, but um, uh, they're a nonprofit organization that's based in Hunts Point. Um, they service okay. uh, the community, they service the community at large, uh, but they do focus on youth services, after-school programming, um, you know, art theme-based art programs. They have uh, photography classes. They have a Cirque du Soleil class. En I think environmental advocacy, um, photo uh, photo photo program with mm -hmm. uh, uh, the international, what is it, I see, I see ICT, International Center for Photography. Yeah. Um, so they have, a lot of, and, and that's also where TAT's crew um, has their uh, their loft space. So uh, the world their, famous TAT's crew, you know, the guys that uh, have created murals, probably, yeah. I mean, all over the Bronx, all over the world, all over the world. All over know? the world, yeah. Throughout yeah the world. You're for the Bronx, you definitely got to know about them. Um, so either way, it's, a, it's, a, it's definitely a, a, communal hub, a community hub, 
uh, and it's a cultural hub for for uh, Hunts Point again at large. And um, they held the meeting. You know, they, they uh, Jr. came into the community, uh, and we sat down. We just discussed, you know, uh, what kind of ideas and what kind of concepts he could do. And um, I was already familiar with his work, uh, and I had made Danny familiar with his work earlier in that month. So. Um, you know, I realized, uh, and as one thing that we everybody who was at the table could agree on, was that the women of uh, Hunts Point are the ones who really hold the community together. And you're talking about people from, uh, you know, from from the single mother down the block to the uh, executive director of a nonprofit organization to the chief of staff for a congressman. Like Hunts Point is run by women, and uh, what we did was we took the eyes of. 65, no, 45. So uh, maybe about 60 different women throughout the Hunts Point community. And then we asked over 200. And we said you took the eyes. I mean, if you took photos of their eyes, yeah, yeah. you can, like pull the eyes out of their head. Right. No, right. no. <laughs> I saw a trailer to the documentary, so I know what you're talking uh, about. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, for, for the listener, then, obviously, because yeah. we... That's what this is really yeah, about, right? right? <laughs> uh, like, what? They're so... pulling out eyes? What? Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So, uh, yeah, so we took their eyes. Um, we cut them uh, to uh, what they should be as real as true size or as, as like a life size head. And then we asked various members of the community uh, at various locations throughout the community to hold these eyes over their uh, over their face. On the conceptual level, it's, uh, you know, you're not only is the individual who is standing behind that set of eyes, um, thinking about and interpret, trying to interpret the community from the eyes and the perspective of that woman, um, but so are the people who are passing by on the Bruckner Expressway and looking into Hunts Point. You know, Hunts Point is a, I don't know if you've ever seen the HBO documentary, Hookers at the Point, have you? Hookers on, on the Point. Hookers on the Point, yeah. Hookers at the Point, whatever, pointy hookers. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> um, Ruben Diaz Jr. actually was able to get HBO to pull um, replays of the actual show, uh, but the show it just puts the Bronx in a negative light again. And yeah, and it, HBO it adds, played it for like a right, decade. And, and he, right, it was one of those things that you could catch HBO after dark. You know, between between the uh, the one a.m. movie and the four a.m. movie, you get about a half hour, an hour of uh, of um, hookers at the point, and. Yeah. Uh, so whatever. So, you know, it, it was we understand that over a million vehicles pass by on the Bruckner Expressway um, every day. And if they're passing Hunts Point, we had the opportunity to kind of really give them uh, a reason to th rethink uh, about just passing by Hunts Point as much as like entering the community and, and, and understanding it from the perspective of the people who live there. Um, so we did, you know, we, we did, ended up doing some murals that were as large as, uh, or some pastings rather, that were as large as uh, 30 feet. Others that were as large as 25 feet. Uh, uh, we did water towers. I mean, Anthony and I uh, spent a few days um, just chasing uh, landlords throughout the community, you know, in spaces and <laughs> It's spots yeah. that we thought, you know, that we thought would be uh, of good appeal to the um, to the community, but also to the passer buyers, you know, so that yeah. could actually. Uh, so we were able to cover the old Spofford detention facility, um, which was a big deal, you know, because Spofford was a, a it's a, a thorn, you know, yeah. in that community decide to say the least uh for years uh and it definitely uh the building standing there and being empty just like you know it, it, it's a really negative it was a negative place to begin with um and it definitely had a negative, uh, negative effect on the um the attitudes of the people within the community you know yep. like mm -hmm. 
to see a jail right across the street, especially a juvenile detention facility, to know potentially that you have friends that are behind those walls, or even to just the unknown. You know, I think that really messes with people's heads. And uh, we pasted we pasted right over. It had closed in March, and we oh, pasted yeah. it in June of 2011. Um, so you know, so so to, to wrap that up, I mean, thank, yeah. you. thank you, thank you, thank you. You guys, you know, are Banksy's on the Bronx. Know, and speaking, <laughs> speaking, don't, don't say that. Banksy's really, yeah. we're the but helpers. speaking of of Tats crew being awesome, it was funny because as we were pasting over it, of course, we didn't ask for anybody's permission. Um, and as we're pasting over it, nicer from Tats crew is standing there taking photos, and he's like, "Bro." We've wanted to do this our whole lives, and you guys just walked in here and just started doing it, you know, and like to cover those walls, all those flat surfaces that surround the perimeter of that juvenile detention facility. You know, that was always something that Tasker wanted to do, and uh, you know, we ended up it. we ended up doing it. We ended up really trying to reclaim the the space itself for the community overall. Man, that that is history right there. That 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 deserves to be written in the fucking book. I think it is in a book. Yeah, it might be in a book. And, it, and I, think this is a docu- I think there's a documentary on HBO about it. You should look it up. <laughs> <laughs> actually, 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 before you search for hookers a- at the point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, there's also an exhibit um, at the Brooklyn Museum, um, you know, that kind of has an overview of the Inside Out project and then all of JR's other projects as well. Yeah, there's a, a current. Actually, I think it just came down. Or maybe did it just um, But definitely look that up. There was a, an exhibit. We were part of that exhibit as well uh, in different contexts. But um, definitely check out check out JR's work. Uh, it was dope. It was dope to work with him, especially in the Bronx, to yes. be the first people to work with him after he received the TED Prize. Uh, you know, we got some some good um, recognition. Uh, and world, we learned to wheat paste, which is world, nice Yeah, worldwide. And we learned how to wheat paste. So. Damn, man. I, I'm trying to just take it all in right now. <laughs> And you know what's funny, actually? Uh, I used to, we were um, at the time working with this photographer named Ben Briou. And Anthony and I, and Ben had already had a conversation of trying to do something similar. Um, But it was about the funding. You know, it was about the fact that, like, where do you find the money for that? You know, like, where do you find the money for the paste? Where do you find the money for the print, uh, for the printed materials, for the paper that you need to print on, for the printers that are large enough? And uh, JR walked into the point, walked into Hunts Point a week and a half, two weeks later. Wow. So, yeah, man, it was, it was, uh, it was meant to be. Speak it into the world. Yeah, we we spoke it into existence. That's what it's all about, man. Planting the seeds and the universe will, will, will yield to your thoughts. I agree right. with that. I agree with that. I want pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sending you a pie right now. <laughs> oh, see you that. that doorbell rang. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so, um, tell me about um the Museum of Modern Arts. You guys have what, like, um, man, is there a bio out there in the world? <laughs> right. I will. Uh, we'll talk about it. Yeah. Uh, the Museum of Modern Art. So from the Bronx, you know, we create positive Bronx themed merchandise. Um, everything from posters and postcards to T-shirts, pins, bags, um, bumper stickers, bumper stickers. Yeah. You name it. Hats. Um, hats right. We have socks. We're working on socks right now. Um, face mask now. Face masks have been a big seller because of nope. uh, you know, yeah. Corona. You name it, bro. Um, but uh, there was a call. So a Museum of Modern Art was having a um, a call for an New open, York. An open call. An open call for New York um, 
based products. And, you know, I think it was called Destination New York actually was the name of their um, of the collection. And, you know, we had to go in there and kind of pitch what we were doing and pitch what we uh, the products that we had, the things that we thought would be a good fit for the um, for their for their shop. Uh, and we were fortunate enough that they they selected some of the things. It was funny, though, because when we went in, um, you know, you sit in a room with eight or ten different people. One's a curator. A jury, a um, full jury. Yeah, and, and they're all kind of just, like, judging your, um, your, your merchandise. And, you know, part of me, like you said, you know, we're from the Bronx. We have a little bit of a, you know, we, we got a... We're Bronx strong, we're Bronx tough, and when someone's sitting there trying to decide whether what you're doing is good enough or not, part of you wants to be like, kiss my ass. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I don't need this. I don't need this nonsense, right? Yeah. But, um... Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, who you think you is, yo, and that's it. <laughs> so, you know, we, we went in to the uh, museum, um, and... And, you know, I, the, the thing I remember most is I was wearing all of our merch, right? Like, you know how, like, when... when people go on and like rappers go on TV and they're winning an award but they're wearing a shirt that that uh, is advertising their next album or something yeah. so that's what I was doing I was trying to wear everything we could possibly wear um, to in case something I had on would also they'd also be interested in buying that um, and uh, the first thing they said was man we love this greetings from the Bronx poster I mean from the greetings from the Bronx postcard and magnet um, do you think you can make some for the other boroughs and I remember thinking, like, well, no, that's not, like, that's not what we're here for. That's what we do, yeah. <laughs> You know, we don't make magnets for the boroughs. We make Bronx merchandise, and we're here to celebrate the Bronx. And so I remember when they said that, you know, there's always part of you that wants to be like, I guess we can. But, um, you know, I thought that. But what I said was, no, that's not what we do. <laughs> we make Bronx shit, and that's what we want to sell here, you know. <laughs> and, um, Right, and it's right. hard, and it's hard, you know, especially when when you, you know there's money involved, and you're 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 hoping to, you know, because a lot of this stuff we've it's funded on our savings or things that you know we 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 skipped lunch or we uh, didn't go out seven nights a week. We went out, you know, five instead and right. saved up that money so we could do something with it. And um, so it was funny. One guy, you know, said, oh, could you make other stuff? Another guy kind of backed him up. And then the rest of the table before, you know, we even said it. I mean, I said, no, uh, you know, why would we do that? And then someone backed up the guy that said it. And then everyone else was like, wait a second. These guys are here with their Bronx merchandise. They just talked to you about why the Bronx is important, why the Bronx needs to be celebrated. It's insulting yeah. that you even asked them to make right. this other stuff. hundred <laughs> percent. You know? And I was like, thank God someone said it, because I was just be like, oh, screw this and yeah. get out. Um, so, yes, they ended, up, they ended up taking a magnet. They ended up taking two shirts. Um, they ended up being a quarter water candle that, that we had created. Um, and they sold that stuff in New York City, uh, in, in Japan, and in Korea. Yeah, our stuff. People love our stuff. And people love our stuff is awesome. Love hip hop shit. Congratulations, Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah, so it was um, it was cool. I and mean, obviously, like I said, it was uh, it's funny because we you know we always we took we said yeah we could do that and then they came okay we want to order like whatever 500 of these and we're like damn we only got 100 now we got to figure out how to make it. <laughs> nice. and even like the 
quarter order candle like that was a concept you know what i mean yeah. and we went in there with it and then it was like okay produce this many in this little time have you ever made a candle david no you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't made a game. I'll just, I'll just go to Walgreens and buy my shit. <laughs> this, was, this was shaped like a quarter water, of course. You know, it said yeah. the wrong side. And there were a lot of things that we wanted to really, like, you know, keep true to the concept of yeah. the product. Uh, but there was a lot of detail that got lost. You know, there's a lot of things that just didn't translate. Um, yeah. Didn't translate but, to the way we expected it to. But you'll see... Uh, uh, you know the next version of that coming out hopefully in about a, a month at the end of this year the beginning of next year yeah is it a bacon egg and cheese candle yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we got we got a chopped cheese pin actually i think he knows oh. <laughs> i think he knows. I, I don't know he knows a lot i don't know i, 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 I didn't know <laughs> nah, i didn't know <laughs> i know a lot oh thank you man <laughs> you, you, you know more <laughs> we appreciate that Makes me wonder, like, where all this stuff is on the internet. I gotta look it up. But <laughs> I'll give you my resources afterwards. <laughs> I would like to know about. Um, you were featured in New York Times more than once. A couple times. Yeah. Um, being awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the first time we were. Um, well, one of the first times. The right? Opening of the Bronx Beer. The biggest yeah. article we got was what. Was when we first opened the Bronx Beer Hall. It was called Beer and Change on Arthur Avenue, yeah, and it really focused on. That's our favorite feature. In the um, yeah, uh, it really focused on you know the fact that we're two Bronx-born Puerto Rican brothers opening a beer hall in the center of the real little Italy of New York. Um, and uh, honestly, it was it was exciting because it was on the cover of the Metro section in the Sunday Times, and the Sunday Times obviously gets the most distribution not only um nationally but internationally so we were kind of super excited about that um you know it it kind of made um we we look younger than we are right and it made a lot more people take us seriously when they were like oh you guys were on the cover of the metro section the sunday time you mean business like you're not just a couple of a couple of uh punks trying you know scamming their way (laughs) little do they yeah, literally, yeah. <laughs> um, so, what were you guys doing before your businesses? Like, we slept a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely drank a lot more. Yeah. Um, uh, I'll, 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 I'll give you a quick hanging out. Yeah, we just. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, nothing. <laughs> um, no, really cool. I um, right now. <laughs> Uh, as Paul mentioned earlier, you know, we, we were working in nonprofit for a while. Um, I was doing after school programming. Um, and then eventually I started working uh, for the Department of Youth and Community Development um, way back when under the Bloomberg administration. I was running something called um, Youth Connect, which was an online, um, online and telephone resource for youth and families throughout all five boroughs. So we would connect them to free and low cost programs after-school programs, uh, runaway homeless youth services, uh, college access programs, you name it, all sorts of stuff. Um, And that was the job I had when I, when we opened the beer hall. And I, prior to the beer hall, I was running all the businesses, you know, on my lunch hour, after work, uh, on the weekends. Um, And then when the beer hall opened, I quit. 
I haven't looked back. Well, occasionally I look back. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta look back at the Yeah, yeah, exactly. Facebook reminds me every uh, five or ten years what, ha- what I was doing back then. <laughs> and then, Paul, what were you doing, Paul? Um, so like I tell you, I was working in a profit organization. Uh, I, uh, I took a detour and uh, ended up get, spending seven and a half years in college to get my bachelor's degree. So um, I was, uh, yeah, I didn't graduate until I was 27 and I was in uh, college mode until I was 27, even though I was working a job five days a week. I was actually working six days a week by the time I graduated um, and going to school. Uh, uh, working with youth, you know, I started doing, I was first we were doing theme-based programming and then from the theme-based programming, it ended up being um, uh, running a contract called YAIP, which is a young adult internship program. Uh, so we were working with 14, 14 to 24 year olds who were quote unquote disconnected, meaning kids that they um, are not in a job setting and not in a school setting, you know, and ultimately our goal after the internship and the jobs and the and job training in the program was either place them within a one one or both a school setting or a job setting um you know and a lot of kids after experiencing time um away from school uh and in the working world realize like i better get i better get my ass back to school or i don't want to be working yet you know what i mean and uh we just afforded, you know, we afforded them the opportunity to see it. You know, not everybody followed through, of course, and uh, some people succeeded and did way better than others. Uh, but um, it was good. It was a good experience for us overall. Um, and you know, what's interesting about that, if you think about it, is both of us, our work was really youth and community focused. So we're not, you know, our businesses continue to have the same focus. They're just. You know, just in different ways. Right. Maybe not youth focused at Beer Hall, obviously. Um, uh, but host... same niche, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and, and we, do, we do host, you know, even at the Beer Hall, we find ways to, to, you know, do some youth development. I mean, we host high school classes and tours around Little Italy. Um, we bring in for, like, you know, mozzarella making demonstrations and that sort of thing. So, taste, taste of the market events. Right.
that, and I can tell you a ton of stories about that, or, you know, but it, it just comes down to that. Be careful, be, be true to your mission, be aware of who you're working with, um, because some people, you know, don't have your best interest in heart, at heart, they only have theirs. Right. And so you have to kind of be aware and, and, uh, yeah. and on top of that. I mean, even if it seems like an opportunity, it doesn't necessarily pan out to be so, right? In this day right. and age of the like social media and uh, you know soapbox soapbox preaching, um, you can find yourself doing something that you know maybe maybe is entirely off brand without realizing it because it's such a, a quick moment that somebody recorded you with your cell phone and, and asked yep. you to do something, you know, or, or some other brand asked you to do something for them <laughs> that then you immediately regret doing. But that's it. There's nothing else you can do. It's there. It's not, it, it exists in the world and it's out for everybody else to see. And then the other thing would be, um, you know. It's first of all, social media is not real life, right? And I know when you're when you have a company and you're starting out, it's it can be discouraging to see um, other things online or things that look similar to something that you're coming up with, um, and makes you kind of not want to do it or not move forward. Um, everyone brings something different to the table. Uh, you don't have to put all of your best ideas online. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you can yeah. wait you're ready to to announce and to do things. Um, and I think if you look at even our social media channels, you know, yes, we post uh, when we're in the news or we do articles and things, but it's not about us, you know, even our front Bronx, like we could post our merch every day and, and sell merch, but it's not about our merch. It's about the community. And it's about, you know, the mission is to improve the image of the Bronx and we can't do that alone. That's fantastic. You actually just answered my next question, which was going to be what inspires you. So thank you. Oh yeah, uh, Batman. <laughs> That's that inspires me. Um, you know what? When I say that, I say that as a joke, and I also say like you know the idea that um, there's one person doing as much as they possibly humanly can to for good, right? And and I'm not saying that Paul and I are superheroes. Um, but, you know, we're close. <laughs> no, no, no. But, um, but, you know, but, but the idea is that it's not about us, right? Yeah. Um, and it's, it's about, you know, we started it with a mission to improve our community and, you know, to give young, really to give young people a sense of self and, and see themselves um, as capable of things and, and, you know, be aware their community is as rich with history and culture as any other city in the world. Um, and, you know, that that's uh that's where I see inspiration. Well said, dude. So what's Thanks. next for you guys? What can your audience expect from you? I mean, the Taste of the Bronx Cafe is coming up, so definitely be on the lookout for that. Taste of the Bronx Cafe, early 2021 to mid 2021, yeah. depending on depending you know on, what's on, going on in the world yeah, and exactly. COVID and all that. <laughs> on, on um, everything. On everything. On everything. Um, but you know, either way, we we signed the lease, so we will be sitting there by ourselves, or. <laughs> <laughs> something will be open um in the immediate future um we uh are trying not to watch the election results we're just kind of waiting for these things to get counted so that uh and hopefully things turn out in the world's favor if you know what i mean <laughs> and um, yeah you can always be hopeful um i think we are in, in the next two weeks, we're going to be releasing the Taste of the Bronx Holiday Box, which people can order from now through the end of December. Um, you know, we have a vegan coquito in there. Uh, we're going to have uh, uh, a bookmark that. that we just made by From the Bronx, somewhere. a book. Uh, Taste of the Bronx branded gloves. So, yeah, so the Taste of the Bronx Box is the new thing. Um, 
we actually are going to start doing a Bronx Beer Hall craft beer box that um, will be uh, launching next week. Is yeah, it next week? Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. We've been next saying week. that for a few weeks, for a few months now. We've been saying <laughs> it for a few yeah. months, but we finally got it together. It's yeah. going to be a cool little box. It's going to have, you know, so as Paul mentioned earlier, we do limited release beers. So whenever we do a limited release, that will be the first beer in the box. And then there'll be three other beers from selected by us. Um, there'll be beer trading cards. Uh, there'll like, be swag from uh, from various breweries or participating yep. breweries, rather people who are in the box being featured that month, and maybe some um, stickers or some other yeah, goodies. There'll so be, there'll be some fun Bronx beer hall stuff uh, for beer lovers. That but that stuff can only be shipped well, uh, for beer lovers and for and for the friends of beer lovers, right? And for people who are gifting things to beer lovers. Right. Um, and then we're also doing it from the Bronx box, which will have something similar. I have a hoodie. It'll have. Uh, you know a couple of the items that we have but limited super limited so everything we do it from the bronx is uh once we do the first run we never re-release the same item twice it'll be a different colorway the next time or the design will be on a different yeah, yeah, item a different medium right? so um they're gonna have like a like a super limited uh holiday box that's coming out for that too a lot of boxes that's what we see boxes, yeah. it sounds like you're getting ready for Christmas <laughs> Wait, is this OnlyFans or is it not <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice, uh, nice uh, conclusion there <laughs> yeah, I know <laughs> oh lord oh um, man but thank you so much guys it's been a pleasure talking to you I appreciate your time and it's been amazing no right, problem, man. Thank, thank you, thank you. Much, and, you know, I'm sorry again that we were a little late in the beginning but uh, yeah, nice. we were cool dude Duty, duty called, unfortunately. Sorry about that. Nah, it's all good, man. You know, from New York and from the Bronx, you gotta learn how to have patience. That's I appreciate that. Idea. Yeah. And listen, whenever you uh, want, let us know. Stroll by the beer hall, you know? Say yeah. what's up. Something yeah, for sure. I, I definitely will, man. All right, my brother. All right, cool. guys. All right, have a good night. Appreciate it. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this episode, please show support and subscribe to our podcast in order to stay tuned for future episodes. I'd love to hear back from you, so follow us on Instagram at In the Bronx. I hope you found inspiration in the content provided and stories shared on this platform. Peace.